Welcome to the PT Mentor Academy podcast. So with this series of podcasts we're about to be putting out is directly off the group program that we are running. So essentially what happens is we help personal trainers who are looking for structure, self-development and business acumen, marketing, client management, so forth and so forth. And each week, the guys on the group submit um, questions through a check-in form and we that they want more elaboration on, they want a little bit more context on um, outside of the normal comms that goes on in the group. And we thought it would be good to record this for both them, uh, this stream straight into the group, but actually put it on a podcast as well for them for a bit more easier and accessible listening and Anybody who else who is struggling or wondering about the certain questions the guys are bringing up, there's a massive variety of questions in there um, that it could hopefully help people out there as well. So um, some episodes are longer than others. Generally, it lasts around 20 to 40 minutes. Um, And yeah, hope you get a lot out of this if you're listening. If you have any additional questions you want us to answer and put, put into the podcast, um, please submit them through the show notes. There's an email there. You can pop a pop a question in. Uh, and, yeah, hope you enjoy, guys. Okie dokie. So we will go first question. We will go from one of the private coaching guys. I won't say it is, just in case you want to stay anonymous. Morning, gents. Can save this for the q and I have a client who likes to drink a fair bit, always admits it's his own downfall and wants to sort it, but kind of says it, but never does. Feel there's something to dig into, but want him to come up with the answers. Great approach, mate. And then he's gone on to say, I know you both love a bit of MI, so hoping you could help. He wants to go first. You may go first, Anthony. <coughs> okay, so I think breaking what you've got here down, um, he always admits it's his own downfall, all right? So one of the biggest things in behaviour change is a, is, a, is a level of acceptance. If the client is acceptant to what they need to change, that's a huge, that's a huge win, right? A massive win, in fact. Um. He says that he wants to sort it, but kind of says it, but never does. So there's an element of, and obviously I haven't been listening to his, the conversation, but there's an element of change talk there already, which is obviously, again, a massive plus for motivational interviewing um, and in, in looking for a stage of change. So I think you've got some good wins to start with. And, But if we're going to talk about this from an MI perspective, like there still has to be that assessment stage. Um, So where you book a little bit of time in and you start the conversations with like, where do you want to start today? Pick a topic that you want to talk to talk, talk through and then see, see if he brings that up. Um, So I think that's a good place to start. But in my opinion, I don't know what you think, Nick, like he's more at that evoking stage, isn't he? So he's at that that third stage of kind of motivational interviewing where 
they are essentially ready to change what there needs to be a bit more of a solid plan from them, the client, to how that happens. So where I would go with this personally is when it gets brought up, the client picks the topic, they bring it up. Yes, I need to change this. I need to improve this. It would then be me going back on the client and going, right, how do you see yourself improving this? What is it that you feel that you need to do? Let the client speak. What plans do we need to put in place? Again, let the client put some plans in place. And then I'd be like, right, what barriers could come up? So what are the triggers that could potentially come up to get you to be back to drinking every single night? How could you overcome them? So it's always you just asking three, four questions and then the client creating their own plan that they are absolutely accountable to, which takes you to them last kind of two principles of motivational interviewing. Um, which is like the evoking and the planning stage. So you've basically done a bit of intervention by just asking three or four questions. Um, and then the client creates their own plan. Now, for some of you sat there, you might think, yeah, that's all well and good, but I don't think they'll stick to it. It's up to them. It's up to you to facilitate just some questions for them to create their own plan, come up with their own barriers, their own triggers, and how they overcome that. And I think if we just rewind, and again, I'll pass over to you in a minute, but if we just rewind... I'm only saying this because this person from the message that um, Dom sent over, this person, it sounds like they've recognized it, they've accepted it, and there's an element of change talk. If that wasn't there, I wouldn't have said what I've just said. Anything I'd add to that is listen when... Listen when he's um, saying that he knows the problem. If there's like, he's agreeing, he understands, and there's a but in there. Um, just be very aware of that because, and you know, if he, if you go, if, like I said, if he's recognising it and kind of, very positively articulating that he's going to move forward from it, but it, but it doesn't sound like he does because you're saying it's a constant problem. Then there must be kind of a, a, but, and like a re like a rhyme and a reason why he's continually doing that. So that would indicate to me that it'd be not in change talk in sustained talk. So that obviously we don't know the detail, but look at like, listen to that actively listen to that. And exactly what Ant kind of went through in regards to those um, open questions. But the one thing to really look out for is he will know the answer. He will know the answers to this, but don't let him off by just letting him. Because when people are in that kind of sustained contemplation stage, they'll answer the right way to get you off their back and to detect it. So like Ant went over there, once he's got the answer or when he's choosing a uh, an option to move away from that and improve, that's when you start to get into that kind of planning stage, the detail, the alternatives, the first stage of it. The, so I think that's a really important thing is don't take that face value as soon as he says, oh, yeah, well, I'll blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, and, that, and the only last thing I'd add is these, there has to be a level of acceptance now, isn't there, on this? They've got a good excuse. 
to drink. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing else to do. <laughs> There's nothing else to do and all of that. So we have to show loads of empathy, loads of compassion, um, loads of understanding, which I know for a fact that you will. Um, so yeah, hopefully that helps. Right, the next lot of questions, we will go to the check-ins for these. So the weekly check-ins, uh, two seconds. Okay, so the first question is, how do I set up a subscription payment on Stripe? Um, for anyone using Stripe, by the way, I don't know if you've ever used the chat system before where you request a call and they literally call you within about a minute. It's mental. Um, so if you're struggling with anything on Stripe, honestly, like that's how I figured most things out on there. Um, but the subscription is essentially, you go to the subscription, drop down at the side, click on that, click on to um, add a new subscription. And then if, if you haven't got the customer within your Stripe, then you just add a new customer, you'll add the name, their email, and then it'll go to a subscription type of um, page for that. And then you'll have to have like a product that you they subscribe to. So you should have a product there already. But if that, and then once you've done that, they just sign up to subscription, you set the date and all of that. But if you struggle with it, just get someone to walk you through it because it's really hard to explain it without showing you. The next one question. Um, I haven't pushed anything for online coaching really is it's not my first choice. I like seeing people and interacting. But going back into lockdown, I need a new plan for trying to go online. Any suggestions? So just to give you a bit of context behind this for people watching and listening, this is a fairly new PT. I have a, a few transformation picks, but all face-to-face. -face. I'm stuck for how to get out there and offer online as it's so busy and everyone is doing it. I'll let you take that one, mate. A couple of things is don't get bogged down by the online offline world. Um, essentially, those when people are coming to you, they are looking for results, whether that's working with you online or offline or in a group setting or whatever, right? So first of all, think about the problem you solve for your audience and for your customers, right? That's not going to change whether the only thing that changes is that you're virtual versus face to face. So try and get try and move away from. I guess what I guess what my point is off the back of this is that. You're hung up on offline versus online, you, your prospects and your clients aren't at the moment because you haven't gone out there and obviously, well, not that you haven't gone out there, but. Your, it's a bigger barrier in your head versus it is for your prospects, because they don't know at the moment. Um, so that's the first thing I would say, is don't get hung up on online versus offline. Um, double down and focus on the fact that they've got a problem. You can solve that through the service you offer, whether that service is virtual now or whether it's face-to-face, -face, okay? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that the benefits of your, well, it kind of links, the benefits of your service and what you provide people doesn't, don't change. And you need to be promoting that to your clientele versus hyper, um, what word am I looking for? Yeah, hyper-focusing on the features of your business, face-to-face -face versus online. And so if you're showing up 
constantly on social media if you're you know we can go through the whole phases of that if you sign up on social media consistently if you're talking to your audience if you're engaging if you're creating curiosity if you're um helping people on a one-to-one level if they're finding value if you're getting on camera and showing your personality if you have a call to action call to action might be slightly different um everything else is the same cool brilliant hopefully that helps and next question is how would you go around reviewing each day certain structure framework or framework that you would use okay i would i'll do this because i well i've just recently done this um first of all i would look at i would understand and have real clarity on what i want to achieve that's the first thing right and even if you go even if you go month by month at the moment because obviously we don't know how fast things are going to change in regards to that but if you feel more comfortable going month by month and go month by month um so the first thing is have clarity on what you're trying to achieve the second thing is go right what are the fundamental non-negotiables or big wins as we've named it in before named it before that are going to that you're going to need to do every single day you work to help you achieve that goal so quick example is if i need to grow my business to create more revenue then the biggest thing and the most consistent frequent thing i need to do is show up every single day multiple times a day on social media non-negotiable tick right plan that into your day Next thing, it might be, right, what's the real, what's the next um, important factor? Well, looking after the clientele, pop that in. So I'm doing, I've got a list of tasks and inputs that are prioritized from every single day, non-negotiable, get this done. I don't leave the office, the, the gym, whatever, until these are done. And these are the nice things that I maybe work on a little bit each each day. Maybe that might be. I don't know if you're creating a website or doing an intro pack or, or, or whatever, that's not going to influence and impact your main goal at the moment. So that doesn't need to be done and prioritized and spent hours on each day, every single day. Um, and then at the end of the day, just kind of reviewing what's happened. Now, if I was, if I was trying to acquire clientele, then my, what I would be reviewing is right my inputs, um, the engagement, any conversations I've had, any inquiries off the back of it, any bookings in regards to consults, et cetera, et cetera. And just tallying it up each and every day at the end of the week, tallying the week up and then so on and so on. So that's what I would do is just recognize those high priority non-negotiables that you have to get done daily good answer right next one um apart from you guys best instagram accounts to follow um okay in no particular order because i'm sure there's tons and i'm just thinking off the top of my head pt collective um for all around kind of pt support whether it's business programming nutrition whatever that is same lift the bar for the same reasons 
Um, a 1 million percent Emma Story Gordon, like there's not a day that doesn't go by that you don't learn off her stories, no matter how long you've been in the industry. And then with saying that, EIQ Nutrition, because again, similar from a nutrition perspective. Um, sucks to do all day long, plainly because of the online type of marketing. Um, I think he's one of the best within the industry at it. Um, PFCA, again, all day long, similar to us, a bit more on the training side of it from their social media content, but Ollie and Jen's are legends. Um, oh, it's really awkward, but they're the main ones that I can think of off the top of my head. One thing I will say is, and I'm really shit at this, um, but start to look outside of the industry as well. Um, so something I've put on my little list, my little learning list for this year is to start to look outside the industry for people who are a bit more marketing experts in other fields and stuff like that and um, service-based experts and stuff like that, customer service and things like that. So if you can go and outsource, um, yeah, different people from outside the industry. And when I do find them people, I'll be sharing it with you as well. Um, so yeah, they're the main ones off the top of my head. Any ones that you would add, Nick? Dave Barlow's put don't forget Lauren Tinkner <laughs> oh my god um, anyone anyone's your dad Nick let me just have a quick gander I know I feel a bit tight like but um, um, Dan Osman yeah yeah, a million percent, Dan Osman. Fuck, sorry, Dan. Steve McGrath as well. Um, yeah, I think Steve's quite good. And you can learn a lot. If you sit back and watch Steve, although he's uh, got a lot of his stuff from Sucks to Do, you sit back and watch Steve, um, you'll take a lot from how he markets. There's a lot of storytelling over his stories and so on. Um, yeah, let's leave it at that. Like, we could go on all day, I'm sure. Um Next one, um, what's the best way to market a new personal training business when working from a home studio? Who's going? I can't see you, that's all. You go. Um, the same way you would anywhere, mate. Um, exactly the same. It, it wouldn't be any different. Um Obviously, you haven't got the influx of leads that you would do in a commercial gym, but nobody's got that right now. So it's about, at first, creating awareness and attention of like who you are, what you do, who you work with, where you are, all of that type of stuff. And I would create awareness, um, obviously, on your social media pages. Um, I would create in the local community, so I'd be in local community groups, offering content, offering support, speaking to the moderators within them groups of how you can help a little bit more. So people within the community know that you're there. I think that's gonna be really, really huge. Off the back of that awareness, and I know I'm going through a bit of a framework here that you'll start to see when you go through the modules and stuff on the course. Um, you, you need to create a little bit of interest in what you do. So that might be that you throw out a competition, you throw out a challenge, um, you throw out an opportunity to work with you in a time constrained period or a program or nutrition support or a seminar or a webinar or a group and um, off the back of that 
create that urgency and desire to work with you. Um, so that next step. So you might do, I don't know, um, that's you launching something. So like maybe launching your online coaching, launching small group training in that facility, whatever it is, and then just create your call to actions off the back of it. So the framework of getting clients, no matter if you're in a commercial gym, you're an online coach, like Nick said before to the other question, or you're in a commercial gym, the framework is exactly the same. Um, just going back to last night's webinar, it, it, it's going to be really useful for, for you to know who you want to work with. So then you can cut, cut through consistently online with the types of content that then people need. Um, and then like with anything with a new business, like that awareness piece is huge. So get people making, make sure when you're putting content out there, you're getting people commenting, you're getting people sharing, you're doing competitions and you're just basically going out there with a bit of a bang. So everyone knows that you're there. Anything you dad? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now we're into the group for them questions all over the place today. Um, right, where the bloody hell is that post? There we are. All right, so we've got Jared's question. So how to help a client go from not believing to believing they can achieve the results and not to pack it all in when she has an off day where calories and steps haven't hit the target? Um, okay, a few things that come to mind here. First of all, she needs to have some quick wins that mean something to her. Um, secondly, is there way too much emphasis on those two metrics? Thirdly, is it are you giving her a range versus a number? A number is going to be, well, number one, it, it's irrelevant having a number because it fluctuates constantly. So if you have got a number, have a range. Um, identify the days where she's struggling the most and maybe accommodate that range for those particular days so she's feeling a little bit more relaxed. Um, is the target too... Is the steps target too aggressive? Again, can we strip that right back and do something more realistic so she feels like she's succeeding in that? Um, how is she measuring her success? There's loads of questions. I know these are loads of questions rather than solutions, but these are the things that I would look at and question when it's happening. Um, yeah, those are the big things that I would look at, big things I would look at. Yeah, that, when you said that at the end, regards, that was the only thing in my head. It's like, I want to understand how she would like to measure her ex, um, her success and her expectations, knowing that right now our motivation's quite screwed and skewed a little bit as well. Um, so, like, what does she expect of herself? How does she... How does she self-reflect on that and how does she measure that success? Um, and I know these are loads of questions that we threw at you, but I think, and I'm not saying you are, mate, but a lot of our industry is really, really guilty of right now still being that solution-based trainer instead of being really compassionate and sitting people down and going, right, okay, usually this is what we work towards. And these were the goals of when we we're in the gym, normal times, but actually, do we need to look at reevaluating them? And if so, 
what do you feel like we should reevaluate them to to help you to see success and feel success? So yeah, just going off the back of what Nick said and just elaborate on that a little bit more. I think that's really, really important. Um, and what you need to probably work on with her is that that opportunity for like how she how she talks to herself. So that level of self-talk and that criticism that she puts on herself. Because soon, soon as she starts to have that negative self-talk, obviously it's going to spiral out of control. So once one thing I would say, Jared, we just recommended these a minute ago is go and start to really home in on what Amelia Thompson is putting out for her content because that is what you'll need to help you um, in regards to how to manage that because it looks as though she needs some help on self-awareness, self-reflection, managing her expectations and that self-talk. And Amelia's really good at that. Um, next question. It's a long one, Nick. Are you ready? Like you were daydreaming a bit then. You're back with us. Right. I'm struggling with one of my clients. He keeps ignoring my messages, not participating, showing no interest or motivation at the moment. Tried to book a call with him. Nothing back. That was four days ago. He's paid me for this month. Any recommendations to help my client get back on track or how do I go about dealing with this? Oi. It's common right now. So that's the first thing. First of all, I think to all recognise that he might be going for a bit of a meltdown, which yeah. sound, sounds if like this is kind of out of character that that's probably the case. Um, which kind of he's moving away from pressure, responsibility, um, focusing on himself. Maybe he's focusing on his kids. Maybe he's focusing on his work. I, you know, there's a million one different things that your priorities and your focus can shift um, during the last couple of weeks. So recognize that, mate. I know you probably will. Um, second is if you've given opportunity, communicate it in the right way multiple times, I would say give him some space for a good few days. Um, there's nothing's gonna come off the nothing's gonna come off you pushing, pushing, pushing over the next few days. So I'd probably give them some space. They know you're there. Um, and then pick it up in the next, you know, just even message and saying, look, I'll give you some space for the next few days. I know your head it sounds like your head's not in the game at the moment. Um we'll pick it up maybe end of the week and see see and move forward after after that. It's a difficult one, but then obviously realigning expectations, programs, priorities, goals, all that kind of stuff moving forward is probably going to be important. Yeah, I think the only thing I would that you need to know that you're there. Like he needs to know that you're there um, for when he's ready, um, which is really, really important. However you do that, whether that's um, a message, every few days, an open-ended question. He needs to just know you're there. I think this is where the power of having that level of and sense of belonging within your client group is massive and huge because if he is then in a Facebook group with you and the rest of your clients in there and they're engaged, you can see them ticking over. A few of them have had a meltdown. You've had a bit of a meltdown, been open and honest about that, if you have, um, regards to all of this. Um, is that level of 
it's that level of, I suppose, similarity in that he's, he knows he's not the only one going through this and all of that. So, yeah, that sense of belonging is going to be huge so he doesn't feel isolated or rejected because he's no longer motivated. He needs to feel like it's a normal, it's something that everybody is going through, that, that people are going through stages of a lack of motivation. Um, so however you can support him with all of that information, I think is huge. Um, yeah, what we're not there to do is try and solve the problem straight away. And obviously, if he's paid, he's paid. Um, but yeah, he just needs to know that you're there. Happy with that one? I think so. Yeah, cool. Right. Next one. I'm running a 100 mile challenge on my Insta stories at the moment. I am thinking of giving the people who complete it a little something. Should I ask each person what they would like or offer like a Zoom session? Is it worth giving a prize or should I do something else? Haven't said they're getting anything, so, so I could just keep stumped. What's the objective behind doing? Just an engagement. Uh, um, it's engagement by the look of it to support people um, and a bit of an incentive behind it to reward people for their for their consistency, I suppose, and their, and their engagement. I'll just, can I just offer a quick answer on this one? I think you should just go out, Gemma, and just maybe survey the people going through it. So do just do a really brief survey on maybe how they're getting on, how they're feeling, how they're finding it, what's getting in the way, um, how they can overcome that. So a bit of like a little mini check-in. And then one of the questions could be, um, what if there was a reward or if there was a bit of a prize or if there was some support at the end of it, what suggestions do you have? And let them tell you. Um, I think that will help you. It'll stop you assuming probably, um, yeah, all of that type of stuff. Um, because imagine then if you end up getting more and more people on it and you offer these Zoom sessions, you might end up having loads of these to fulfill and it might just be, end up being a nightmare. So go out there with a bit of a questionnaire and survey and ask them. I think that'll be the best thing to do. And off the back of that, Jen, you can also, obviously, if you're doing a survey and a bit of a questionnaire, you can also potentially manage or understand if they're willing to come in for personal training at some point or if they want a bit of a chat about their goals or nutrition or whatever i think that'll be the best thing next question holly to keep client retention through lockdown when they say they can't do home workouts and they can't train outside they don't want to do walk to go on to walks and they don't follow dietary advice I tried everything with them from online PT to online classes too. Suppose the question is like, what do I do? Um, I know one thing that comes to mind, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did that say clients, lots of people? Yeah, it's to help with client retention of people who are just kind of pushing back. There's a level of resistance towards anything health, nutrition, fitness focused. Okay, right. That's kind of weird because that's why they're painful. Anyway, um, 
you need i guess you need to realign with them where they're at currently where they want to go um and i think that there's if there's constant resistance if there's constant pushing back to every single suggestion then competence is definitely going to be missing i.e they don't feel they can do it or it's too difficult or too inconvenient number two if they're just i'm not saying they're just suggestions but if if they're suggestions and we're just trying to problem solve with loads of different types of things then autonomy is massively missing um so where I would start is a, a conversation with each and every one of them talking about what their expectations are, what their, where their goals are aligning in the next couple of months um, and use that as a springboard to start to create autonomy and start to bridge the gap of competence, um, which will lead to one of the solutions that you've already tried, but it's under their own steam. It's under, they have a choice over their behavior. They feel like they can be successful in doing it. Um, and that will increase motivation overall. Yeah, well, this is a very similar question to what James has brought up. Um, and I just want to, it might seem weird to us that they're willing to pay you but they're resistant to all levels of health, nutrition, fitness, and everything right now. So it might seem weird to us, but actually in the real world, when you're dealing with probably work, homeschooling, the, the thought of not being able to see close family, um, not being able to travel. Yeah. If it, if there's something that I can maybe that's going to affect my motivation, like I'm not going to want to do this type of stuff that the general population are just going to have a level of resistance to it. And we need to accept that. And we need to be completely client centered, compassionate, empathetic. And I'm sure you all are. Um, but right now we're still in them early stages of this. Like we've only actually, I know it's been on and off and especially in Scotland, it's been an absolute nightmare for you, Holly, but, um, we're still in the early stages of this and there's no ending of it. So we need to be a little bit more understanding in the sense of, like, let's just pause for a minute. And instead of us trying to throw out similar, what Nick said, loads of solutions at them to try and help, because I know you've got your, be your client's best interests at heart. Like I'm hundred percent know you have, because you can see that through your Instagram, through your social media, you can just see it. Instead of pressing that solution switch, just let's pause. And similar to what Nick said, we need to create a level of autonomy. So go out there and go, right. I know your head's not in the game right now. So how do you feel like, um, or what do you feel like you could do as a bit of a small win to potentially make you feel better in this scenario when it comes to your own kind of well-being? what one habit, what one behavior? And if they answer and if they answer with it, then that's great. If they don't, again, similar to what we said to James, just leave it, let them know that you're there right now. And then when they're ready to talk, book them in for that chat that Nick's just said and go back through goals, go back through expectations, go back through their why. And it's that million dollar question right now is like how do you want to feel about yourself by the end of january and what things do you need to put in place to feel that way and that it will be the stuff that you've already 
you've already come up with, like Nick said. So it might feel like, oh, fucking hell, I've already suggested that, I've suggested that, and it might bang your head against the brick wall moment, but it has to come from them. They have to accept that they want to change. And it's them who has to come up with the steps of what they need to do, no matter how small. So don't keep peppering them with solutions. Just be there and let them know that you're there. Um, so yeah, that's the only thing that I would add. The next question, we've only got two more left. How did you apply a decent work-life balance whilst in lockdown? My days are getting longer and longer. That brick wall is just about to smash me in the face again. Who's going first? Um. Oh, Dave, I know you're balancing the kids and stuff like that. Um, and your days are long. We've had many chats about this, mate. Um, first of all, recognize it's fucking tough, mate. Like it's really hard to balance the kids, especially I know yours are really young and stuff like that. So like, it's really, really tough. So I think instead of being hard on yourself, feeling like you can spin all of these plates, it has to be sometimes that level of awareness that, right. I need to really just concentrate on what I can manage right now and what I can control. And I know it's this type of stuff that you will tell your clients. Um, but our process, if this helps, um, is in my opinion, like this works for me, it's worked for other people, especially balancing kids and all of that type of stuff is get everything down that you know that you need to do. Like get everything down that you know that you need to do and prioritize that list um, in a sense of like, what's the, the what's going to make the biggest impact? What are the daily non-negotiables at that list that have to be there? There's going to be three to five things. I wouldn't have more than five things if I'm dead honest. I don't care how big your capacity of work is because I know yours is big. I would have three to five things daily that you know you need to tick off as a non-negotiable. Um, prioritize the rest across your week. I would be really, really strong and firm with opening and closing hours of like, this is when I start and this is when I finish. And do you know what? If I miss some of the jobs that I intended to do that day, like it's not the end of the world. My kids are my priority. Um, and obviously work comes after that. And whatever I do miss gets passed to the next day. Um, and this is where the priority of work is really important. So you've got that biggest impact. You've got your quick wins. You've got some of the stuff that needs to be ticking over in the background. And you've got like a little bit of fill-ins as well, where you can just add them in here and there. So that's really important. Um, and then my last point on it is that you're going to have to micromanage the shit out of yourself. So but hour by hour, you're going to have to tell yourself what you absolutely, what you need to do. Um, and you're going to have to plan that and be, um, you're going to have to be really strict with yourself with it. Like it's just a fact because, and I know it's overwhelming and it, trust me, I've been there over the past week or so it becomes overwhelming a bit of anxiety creeps in. You feel like you're all over the place as soon as you miss something and so on. So you have to be really strict with that time. And my last point is make sure that you reflect on each week. So you sit down at the end of each week and go, right, this has been put to bed. This still needs to happen. And this is how I'm going to start to plan this week. So you can't end your week until you've planned the following week. And that's what I would say um, a million percent. Self-awareness is huge. Anything you'd add to that? Yeah, the level of self-awareness with it is absolutely massive, mate. Um, 
and I don't know how much help you get, like see if you can outsource a bit of help. I know it's difficult right now because you can't see certain households and shit like that. But if you can outsource some help, then that's going to be huge because I'm a bit luckier like that with the missus. She's just been made redundant. So obviously she's got a bit more time, but still, yeah, if you can get a bit of help, then try and get it. Last question, and I'll leave this one to you. Um, ways to generate new leads throughout lockdown. Ways to generate new leads throughout lockdown. No different than normal. Um, where do we start? <clears throat> so let's just run through like some bullet points. So first of all, know who you're talking to. Um, off the back of that, understanding your market, create some content ahead of time so that you're always ahead of the game rather than stressing of trying to put something out because you know you need to. So I would have a good couple of days every two weeks where you just create everlasting content that you can put out um, and then plan in between bits like stories and little videos and engagement pieces. Um, give yourself um, a timeline for that content, whether it be two weeks, four weeks, and really start to then, based on the content you put out there, which is based on obviously the target market, you would then create some really intriguing, um, positive calls to action, whether that's to create inquiries, whether that's to buy a product or a service or whatever. Um, and be absolutely relentless in it. We, we use that word 70 times a day, be consistent. So they're, they're very short and sharp, but I don't, that's what, it doesn't change from normal. Yeah, the only thing I'd add to this is um, any person who is concerned or worried about generating leads right now during this time, and I don't mean to trigger people or piss people off with this, is potentially worried or concerned because a lack of planning. So a lack of being sat down thinking of all the stuff that Nick's just said and just literally plan, 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 have a backlog of content like Nick said, evergreen, and just action the living daylights out of it. Um, because if that plan was there, you wouldn't concern yourself with a lack of leads because you would just go out there consistently. And there'll be a lot of people thinking, yeah, but how much shall I post right now? Because it's literally saturated of bullshit online. And with that, that will mean that you're still concerned about other PTs, what they're doing, and not concerned enough about your audience. So all I would say is, as long as you're laser focused on your audience, post as many times as you bleeding want. The more frequent, the more awareness, the more attention, get people to share, get people to comment. Just be relentlessly consistent because that will bring you a return. Um, might not be instantly, but it'll bring you a return in a week or two. Like, trust me, it will. And that's us. Lots of belting questions. Um, belting, belting questions. So just make sure for the new group guys who are watching and listening to this, um, make sure that you fill out the check-ins um, that have that Friday at five deadline. That then gives us the opportunity to answer these questions. Um, but we will post in the group. And we'll actually start posting out on Instagram as well if there's any more mop-up questions that we need to add to this. Apart from that, enjoyed that one, Nicholas. And we'll see you all very soon. See you in a bit.